Warning, there is mention and talk of suicide in this episode of the podcast. If you are listening and have had or are currently having suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Or if you prefer to text, simply text hello to 741-741 to start a conversation. If you're feeling depressed and alone, please contact a licensed therapist or speak to your primary care physician about your mental health and ask them to refer you to a specialist or therapist. If you don't have any of the above, you can call the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration's Treatment Referral Helpline at 1-877-726-4727, or you can go to mentalhealth.gov for more resources. If someone you know is dealing with depression and you're afraid that they may be contemplating suicide, reach out to them. Let them know that you're there. You can also go to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's website at afsp.org or go to save.org for more resources. And if you or a loved one is faced with a mental health emergency, please call 911. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cult Faves, a podcast about cults. I'm Cher. And I'm Gwenda. It's kind of fucked up that I'm this chipper. She's we're gonna. <laughs> this is so. I'm so excited to talk about this, but sorry. <laughs> she's so chipper. It's exciting, and also I'm a little scared because it's actually disturbing because this is not like a happy. I mean, it's like it's like fucked up, but it's like it's got everything. But anyway, how are you? Before we get into I'm good, although I'm I'm frightened because I I don't know what we're doing this week either, and so it's exciting. I know. I wanted to keep it. A total surprise because I'm so excited. But good. So, how was your week? Um, how was my week? It was weird because you know how that week back from like a long weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. So it just felt like a very long, like the week itself dragged. But I think it's also because I had a lot of meetings this week, and I don't like meetings. Oh, uh, I, I mean, like that's one of the best things about not working in an office is I know. Trust me. Having to go to meetings. I hate it hate them too. I, I try to advocate constantly for why I should work from home, but it's not happening. Um <laughs> You should just be really disruptive in meetings. <laughs> I know no I should you. <laughs> I should. I should pull like the two like like Sandra Bullock in two weeks notice and like intentionally <laughs> try to get like well she tries to get fired, but I want to be fired from meetings. <laughs> I feel like I sound weird. Hold on, let me mess, mess my mic a little maybe, bit. Maybe you could get diagnosed with some sort of a disorder that um, that means you that you shouldn't be in meetings. I am a disorder. Can we invent that? I'm just a disorder. <laughs> Anti-meeting disorder. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that sounds better. Okay. Um, All right. Are you, re- all right, are I, you ready? I, mean, I don't even want to wait. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm ready. Hold like, on. I just want to know. I feel know. like... Do you have like a beverage with you? I have a Fresca. I'm okay, the, I'm the lone person keeping the Fresca. I love alive. Fresca. Are oh, you good. kidding? I good. love Fresca. It's my favorite <laughs> soda. I don't really drink soda anymore, but Fresca is me. Fresca is my favorite. Yep. So I found a little background. I found today's special guest. Do we want to call that? Let's let's call it today's topic. I found <laughs> it very randomly. I was not looking at anything for anything. I was not trying to find any cult shit at all. I was basically like wasting 
like brain cells on Twitter one night and I was like supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> and a tweet from the cut popped up in my timeline. And they do this recurring series, uh, like this column. It's called um, I Think About This A Lot. This specific one was called I Think About This A Lot, The Beauty Habits of This Possible Cult Leader. So, of course, I was like, click. (laughs) (laughs) Clicked right through to the content. And I read the first few sentences. And that's literally all I read. I did not read anything else in this piece except for these first few sentences because it included some of my personal you know, cult faves mm-hmm. as far as terms. It had the word self-made guru, <laughs> online followers, commune. So right there, I was like, oh, this is my shit right here. Because <laughs> this is someone that's using social media to build her following. And like very savvily and does not back down or shy away from the fact that she absolutely markets herself. And she uses marketing and she has marketing team and she, she doesn't act like she doesn't. So as soon as I saw those terms, I, I Googled her name and her name is Teal Swan. What a great name. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so this led me, my Google led me to um, this amazing podcast. That's by Gizmodo that absolutely anyone should listen to after they listen to this podcast, go listen to the gateway. The Gateway is an investigative podcast where, uh, again, it's by Gizmodo, where journalist Jennings Brown and his producer Jessica Glazer, they basically look into Teal and her followers. And her followers are dubbed the Instagram hashtag friendly Teal tribe. (laughs) Right? So, like, talk about fucking marketing, like, already off the bat. Teal's been called by others. She's been referred to as uh, the Regina George of Gurus the Gucci guru, or others have just called her full of shit. She calls herself the spiritual catalyst and a medical savant. What? Wait. Yeah. Oh, no, no, girl. Just strap the fuck in. <clears throat> so <sighs> let's talk a little bit about Teal Swan. According to Teal, she was born with extrasensory abilities and was a survivor of severe childhood abuse. She has a large number of followers. Um, most of them are like she has literally like hundreds of thousands of followers on, on YouTube. Her videos get millions of views. She's uh, she's spoken on stages with Gabby Bernstein, you know, the who's like a popular Instagram guru. Um, she has she has books, multiple books out. Um, so anyway, she travels the world and she teaches self-development and spiritual growth. She can quote unquote, see sound and hear colors. So, oh, so she, she syn- says, so she says she has right. synesthesia, right? Yeah. She has synesthesia, but she claims that that makes her enlightened or like a goddess or something. Those are basically her supernatural powers and her parents even like bought into that, but she has synesthesia, whatever, how you yeah. pronounce it. <sighs> I'm fascinated by synesthesia. I am like, too, but wait, this gets <laughs> every single part is gonna it I want you to feel like we're going up a roller coaster because it it's like fucking crazy town. We just keep going higher up. Oh my gosh. Teal claims to be an Octurian extraterrestrial soul fork. Oh what? An Octarian an Octarian extraterrestrial soul fork. I 
don't really understand what that means, according to a video of hers where she's explaining it. Basically, people are not born as people. They are basically souls or something. And she was she is this soul fork that was inputted into the vessel that is her body. It sounds a little bit she like has said, <laughs> Yes. She has said, quote, before I even came down, there was an entire panel of Arcturian beings, sixth dimensional beings, who even chose the way I would look in this life. I know everybody out there is probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, apparently Arcturians are part of a galactic council of 22 gods. And if you think I'm absolutely doing an episode that's a deep dive into that, you are so (laughs) right, because that's definitely now on my list, because I was like, what? This is some next level. Yeah, this is an (laughs) actual thing. A lot of people believe that that is a true thing. Those words mean something. Teal also boasts (laughs) that she has access to the... to the Akashic records. Oh. Which, yeah. And not the the music label. (laughs) Right. Which, according to her website, (laughs) is, quote, the totality of information about all that ever was and is, which is encoded in the non-physical plane of existence, also referred to as the mind of God. It's a collection of unlimited information, but can be accessed from the state of the source like consciousness, such as when one is in meditation while astral planning or on Instagram (laughs) or under hypnosis, accessing the the Akashic record allows for omniscience, 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 omniscience. Yeah. Omniscience. Omniscience. Yeah. Well, no, it's all knowing. All, it's all nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> she has come under fire by some in the spiritual community for proudly using marketing and keyword searches to target followers, um, which I mean, come on, they kind of all do that now. But yeah, sure. But more alarming is the demographic that she's targeting. So according to the Gateway, uh, they call this her target market. And I know this is going to sound a bit crass, but it's actually disgustingly accurate. That quote unquote market that she's targeting is suicidal people. Oh man. So if you go on to um, YouTube and if you do a search for, I want to kill myself or how do I kill myself or I'm feeling suicidal or anything that's related to those search terms, uh, videos by Teal Swan are going to come up first on YouTube. And they've had hundreds of thousands of views. So Jennings, who's the journalist from The Gateway, um, he actually stumbled upon Swan on YouTube YouTube because the algorithm suggested one of her very controversial videos on suicide, which he didn't understand why, because he's not, he wasn't depressed. He wasn't looking for anything like that. And he says in the podcast a few episodes in that the reason he actually ended up finding her and how he got that suggestion through the algorithm was because he had recently listened to the MASH theme song on YouTube. And if anybody out there doesn't know, the MASH theme song is called Suicide is Dangerous. Is that it? I can't remember, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's so. Something like that. Suicide is Painless. That's it. Which, to be honest, that song creeps me the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
I actually looked more into that song. That song was supposed to be mocking a scene that's happened. It's supposed to be making a scene in the MASH movie abs- absurd. And it's the song is like one of the guys that's in, you know, that army group, uh, whatever. Um, one of them f- stages his suicide or he wants to commit suicide. So they have like a dinner for him. And one of them sings a song that's actually kind of ridiculous. But unfortunately, the lyrics to the song, a lot of people who romanticize suicide or maybe actually feel a certain way about suicide, they don't see it as being funny. Like, they actually think that this is, like, a good song. But the song creeps me the fuck out. Um, So anyway, that's how he ended up finding one of her videos. He watched one, and then he ended up falling into a wormhole, which naturally led to his investigation on her and to the, the eventual podcast. Her views on suicide are a lot more than just problematic. Oh, no. So she claims, and she has said to her followers, and she has said in her videos that suicide is the best option for some people. She says that it's basically a reset button on life and that dying feels great. She also claims that she was suicidal when she was in her when she was a kid and she was in her teens so that she understands what it feels like to want to kill yourself and have these thoughts. And that's why she talks so openly about suicide. And um, she's actually been blamed by many people for the, su- for the suicide of one of her followers, which she admitted she told, and she admits this in the Gateway podcast. And I think there's also other uh, clips of her, audio clips of her saying this on retreats and whatnot, that she had told this follower and the follower's husband, who is still a devotee of Teal's, by the way, that she had never met someone whose soul wanted to get out of their body as much as hers did. And then she supposedly had said to her, to the suicidal woman that actually ended up taking her life, that she had to choose to either commit to life or to commit to death, which is not a black and white thing. I mean, even people that do end up unfortunately taking their lives, they don't see life or death in black or white there is gray they do want to live it's just they are in pain they don't know how to stop the pain so teal also claimed that her energy the the woman that committed suicide's energy was a a very dark energy and it was and it was an energy that she could not work with you know a lot of people have said to her well why didn't you get this woman to a therapist why didn't you get her help and Teal's defense is that she was not her caregiver. She was not her treat. She wasn't treating her. She was just a spiritual guide, which unfortunately, yes, unfortunately, there is absolutely no requirements that anybody has to go through. There is no right. like licensing or bar or anything like that for someone to be a spiritual guide or a spiritual guru. So it's very easy for them to not be held accountable for stuff because they don't have sure. any guidelines right. whatsoever. I think there was also another, uh, and I think I saw this, you know, in my research, and I might have heard it also on the Gateway podcast that, you know, Teal had also told another follower of hers that, like, suicide might be a good option for them. And she has, you know, she puts on these retreats. She lives in a commune that she is like this, you know, she 
is her home basically in Costa Rica. There's about 20 of her devotees that live there. They all kind of work for her in exchange for like living there and not having to pay rent. They basically walked away from their lives and their jobs to become full time living Sounds with Teal. Sounds very familiar. Right. And to become a devotee. And she puts on these workshops like once a year or so at her commune in Costa Rica. And they do all these types of like during this this workshop, you know, they do meditate or they do all these different. Uh, I don't even want to say it's therapy because it's not it's not really therapy, but where she'll have people meditate and imagine themselves dying. This just and, seems, and it's like to you know to do that with people who are so already irresponsible, yeah, incredibly irresponsible. So that's not the only thing she does. That's I mean, literally everything's very controversial that she does. So another thing that Teal does, and she's a huge believer in, is regression therapy, and she uses this with her followers, which has been heavily debunked by mental right. health yeah. professionals for decades because it's bullshit and it yeah. creates false memories. But Teal believes in it. And the reason she believes in it is because she allegedly experienced it herself in therapy when she was in her late teens and early 20s. Although there's versions of her denying that that's how she remembers that she was a victim of sexual abuse, mm, which is if you remember. wondering about that. Right. Right. So she claims she always knew that. But then there's also uh, there's been times on there's proof of her saying that she found this Recovered out through regressive the therapy. Yeah. So this is where we merge lanes. With a quote-unquote cult we dove into a few episodes back. So if you remembered, like I said, Teal claims to have been a victim of childhood sexual abuse. Apparently, uh, when she was younger, she had a lot of problems with that, like not really having friends. She dealt with depression. Um, she was suicidal. And her parents had her go had a friend of theirs that was very spiritual. And he was actually a vet. And he was like a farm vet, but he was very spiritual and, and into like, you know, like meditation and everything. So they had her spend time with him, go with him to like take care of like cows and stuff like that, like after school. You know, he was really like an outside the box thinker. He's really into oh, like God. quantum physics and everything. So Teal picked up a lot of quantum physics from him. But then as she got older, she started to claim that this guy sexually abused her unbeknownst to her parents and that not only did he sexually abuse her, that she was secretly indoctrinated slash sort of kidnapped, but brainwashed by this man into a satanic cult. Oh, no. And that's where Teal was repeatedly sexually abused, saw other kids abused, and even saw the cult commit human sacrifices and kill so at least five children. So this is straight out of the satanic panic. Wait, it never oh, happened. wait, 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 wait. it gets more. So there is this woman who she's, appears on the podcast and uh i found a blog that she does blog under her last name's ghost i can't remember her first name i want to say jen but i might be wrong um, <laughs> i want my last name to be ghost i mean it's not spelled like ghost but it's like <laughs> close to it which so yeah it's kind of cool anyway um so she this friend claims that when she and met teal in like 2011 they were very good friends and at the time this friend was dealing with ptsd because she had been raped by somebody that she knew when she was traveling mm. um so she was like dealing with a lot of depression and stuff from the ptsd but teal told her that told the friend that you have repressed memories that's what this is about and that's all the stuff that's coming up that's what you feel that 
you don't remember this, but we knew each other as children. And the friend was like, no, we didn't. She's like, yes, we did. Because they both grew up in Utah, not far from each other, but they didn't grow up together. She's like, no, you were in the same satanic cult I was in. You, I knew you when we were kids. You don't remember, like, because they had a very instant connection. She's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we have an instant connection because we knew each other when we were kids. You don't remember because you were drugged with ketamine like I was. And then Teal urged her to go see her therapist in Salt Lake City, who... When, you know, eventually this this woman went to see this therapist and the therapist started saying the same thing. You were, dr- you know, you ha- were a victim of sexual abuse by a satanic cult. You were drugged by ket- with ketamine. It was like the same verbatim shit that Teal was saying. But then, like, it turned out this therapist, when Teal was going to her in the early 2000s, this therapist encou- encouraged Teal to, to go to the police and open an investigation in 2005 about her sexual abuse. And... Teal's part some of her claims one of them was that she was like basically sewn into a corpse by a Mormon satanic cult kind of like how like Luke is in the Tauntaun mm-hmm. it was like she experienced something like that but after police took like all of her like it, like her information and you know her claim they realized that like they came to a halt when they started looking into it because they discovered that her therapist was at the center of several nearly identical and similarly questionable allegations of satanic ritual abuse in Utah during the throes of the satanic panic. And that therapist's name is Dr. Barbara Snow. Uh And she actually, because of her, one of someone that was a supporter of her was like a, like a, was a colleague. She claimed that kids that were coming to her said that he had like sexually assaulted them. He ended up getting, like convicted of sexual abuse and he first tried to repeal it got turned down and then he went to the supreme court of utah and then was like listen there is no evidence she doesn't record her sessions like she was a big name in the satanic panic sure i'm she, not surprised you know, at all that sounds like i mean it's exactly i mean it's like the the pattern so do right. you think that she do you think teal is a very suggestible person do you think she actually believes this Steele a thousand percent believes this. She believes that this absolutely happened. She is there are interviews with her going on local news stations talking about and like in the past few years talking about the sexual abuse that she uh, experienced at the hands of a satanic cult when she was a kid. She she this is how she connects with people. She tells them like like she gets it. She's gone through the same shit. Because you have to remember, she's targeting people that are already so desperate and broken and they feel so alone and like nobody understands them. Right. And now she's saying, I listen, I experienced sexual abuse. I experienced hells on earth. I was suicidal. So, you know, and there's something about her to yeah. be quite frankly. I mean, she has this charismatic thing. She has this thing about her that in even in the, the gateway, they say that you know, meeting her, it's almost like meeting somebody like like from a science fiction novel. She's got this, you know, black hair. And I'm looking piercing, up a picture right now. I'm- yeah, she's <laughs> piercing blue eyes. And like apparently like her followers all end up getting these tattoos that are a symbol that she uses that honestly looks like she took the Harry Potter symbol and the 30 Seconds to Mars logo and just basically mashed them up to make her own symbol. Okay, I'm not saying anything because she's obviously a very attractive lady, but I do feel like she's looking back at me out of this picture. Yeah, (laughs) but that's the thing. Like a lot of people... 
you know, there's this very, and she just, the way she makes eye contact with people and she's very intense. And she goes on to say things and she, you know, making these claims that she's a medical savant and claiming that she can actually look at somebody and like basically can see, like has x-ray vision. Like she says in this Gateway podcast that she has pretty much has x-ray vision and she doesn't really give real concrete answers or explanations to anything. She speaks with like, you know, using these terms and words that don't mean anything. They the don't mean names anything. names of her books are, the titles of the books are... So she has numerous books, okay? And she also created her own, let's call it system, call, that's basically based on regression therapy called The Completion Process. She has a book yeah. out about it. She has a site for it so people can go log on to the site if they need help. She gives, uh, you know, she does a course where people can become licensed, so so to speak, or get a certificate in the completion process and therefore become practitioners of it. So they don't kick back to her when they see other people, but they do have to pay like $3,000 to get that certificate. And then like, if you go to the website, you find all the people that do the completion process in your area if you need help. You know, of course, it's it's a therapy system that's never been backed and it's never been peer tested. Someone supposedly is in the process of peer testing it, like doing peer testing right now. And it's a doctor at, is, is he at a jail? That he's the doctor and he is an actual therapist, but he uses this system. Mm. So it's not necessarily the most like legit, like unbiased peer review. But yes, she's written numerous books and all her books are published by Hay House, which I don't know if anyone's familiar with Hay House. I used to cover the mind, body, spirit category for Publishers Weekly sometimes. Yeah, so Hay House is, they have, uh, they're an international publishing group and they publish self-help and spiritual books and they publish Wayne Dwyer, who's, don't even get me started. Um, but Louise Hay House, who founded Hay House Foundation and the publishing company, she was one of these, you know, self-help gurus. And she's someone that claims to have cured herself of cervical cancer, that uh, she claimed that she, you know, rediscovered this trauma from sexual abuse as a child. She pushed pseudoscience and her pushing pseudoscience actually was harmful to the AIDS epidemic in the 80s because she would tell these AIDS patients that like they just needed to do this meditation and thought mm. and they could heal themselves through that and not need to take, you know, the cocktail of antiviral medications that the drugs that were coming out that were life saving drugs, you know, for those that had HIV. So they publish a lot of bullshit. Hay House is known for publishing and peddling in pseudoscience and bullshit. And it's interesting because like a lot of people that end up speaking out against Teal Swan, they said that she sticks her followers on them. I'm not so, surprised. I'm yeah. really like, great. <laughs> right. It's like nothing about this is surprising to me. The most surprising thing, and this is what I found interesting is one, it's a woman, mm-hmm. which rarely are cult leaders. If that's what she is, which it kind of, you know, Sounds it like kind of she has a lot of uh, she's yeah. she's seen as like a god to her followers like they literally worship her. Yeah. And that's usually a surefire sign. You know, these these Absolutely. Bold outlandish claims of being a medical normal, savant. Normal people don't want other people to worship them. <laughs> right. 
and the claims of being a medical savant um and that she's basically was she's an extraterrestrial being you know and these claims if a person on the subway was saying this stuff you'd be like that person's fucking crazy and don't sit by them you would think it's a homeless person that is not medicated and you would not want to sit by them but she takes this and she's like very against the mental health community she doesn't believe in mental like she doesn't believe in therapists and a whole that's a very cultivate thing too right yeah and uh yeah so she's uh, recruiting recruiting people who are suicidal and not believing in therapy and mental health is basically it, it it's not may not be actually criminal but it certainly is morally criminal i mean it should be criminal it should be yeah it should be criminal and i think that this is you know and for me like i started looking at her she sells merchandise on her site of course she does and of course she does and um she's very self-aware in that she knows exactly what she's doing she knows exactly what she's doing um and she knows that she she doesn't even pretend she's not using keyword searches and stuff like that to find the people that she's looking to find but the problem, and they bring this up on the Gateway podcast, is that if you have somebody that's truly suicidal or that's dealing with depression or PTSD, and let's say they really were sexually abused, and then all of a sudden they start listening to her and following her and doing regression therapy, and then all of a sudden these false memories come up, mm-hmm. which happened with the woman that killed herself, all of a sudden she started saying that she was sexually abused by her father as a kid. And I mean, her it's father very died. Common. Yeah, it's a very right. Common and her pattern. father died a couple of years ago, so there was no way for, you know, the journalist that did the podcast to check up, you know, and get like any type of comment from him. But the husband was like, "Well, the father denied it, and so did the mother. The mother said that never happened." But Teal tells people like, "Well, they don't want to believe you," which like, she's not hiding wrong. Something. I mean, right? That's the problem. Is that like so? Exactly. That's that. Yeah. And then that's the problem is that if you have people that really did experience that stuff and really were sexually assaulted or abused mm-hmm. or molested or any type of abuse, and then you start convincing them of a shit that never happened, you're basically now re-victimizing them not only re-victimizing them but now their their actual claims like these those seem like bullshit right you just delegitimize their actual abuse that they suffered and their actual trauma that they suffered and you know she has i mean i think she has almost a hundred thousand followers on instagram you know like she has a pretty sizable reach and it's frightening you know she sells art she sells art like she's an artist because of course she is her YouTube channel has, let's see, last time I checked, f- almost 500,000 subscribers on YouTube. So now, the thing that's also interesting to me is two things. We know this weekend that Alex Jones just got banned, and so did InfoWars, mm-hmm. got banned from Twitter. They were banned from Facebook. They were banned, and now they're banned from Apple, too. And I don't know if they're banned from YouTube or not, but... I know that a lot of, especially after a lot of these, the heads of these social media companies were called in to testify before the Senate, all of a sudden, and it's better late than never, but 
you know, Alex Jones pushes pseudoscience. And I brought this up when we mm-hmm. talked about Goop. You know, who because just, she does just, the same thing. Who just got fined this week, right? Who they just, just got settled. fined. Was it this week or the week before? But yeah, yeah she just got fined the for the Yoni eggs. Yeah. Yep. You know, if we're going to go after and listen, Alex Jones does a lot of shit besides push pseudoscience. He's a conspiracy theorist and his conspiracy theories are harmful. He is verbally abusive. He's emotionally abusive. He gaslights victims. He's a human garbage. Yeah, he is a walking (laughs) shit stain. Yeah, he is a walking shit stain. But, you know, one of the reasons all these leaders of these social media, you know, the CEOs of social media companies got called in to testify was because of the Russia investigation and mm-hmm. because of the ability for false information to knowingly be spread using their their sites. And I feel like that's something that in this day and age, like that's a thing that needs to be addressed more. And I know there becomes this whole gray area because it's like, well, there's freedom of speech and da da da, but there's freedom of speech. But there's also like people can get sued for libel. You know, like you have like you can't just go say shit that's not true. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, anybody that's a journalist knows this, but if you print something that's inaccurate, you can be sued. And that's why you'll see sometimes like people will issue a retraction. They will clear up, you know, clear the record, so to speak, because you can't just go and say stuff that is harmful and can hurt especially the people you're saying it about. Right, without evidence or... Because it's defamation. Yeah. You know, and and that's a very real thing, you know, and I feel like this almost all falls into that in some way because if you're saying things and you're preaching things that are harmful and you're using social media, which she does knowingly to target specific demographics, I don't understand how that's legal. Like, I don't understand how it's okay... I mean, I guess if you think about it, though, I mean, is it really any different than all these network faith preachers who are like, touch the TV? You know what I mean? Like, but they're not telling people to go kill themselves. I mean, but they but, probably, I mean, and I'm not saying like, but they I mean, might be, but they might be giving really bad. I mean, a lot of those, a lot of that kind of event. I'm not definitely not defending anyone here. Oh, of course not. Um, Like. They're all scumbags. Not defending evangelicals. But like, I think a lot of the evangelical, I think there is an evangel, a strange of evangelical religion, especially that really does not think of therapy, right? Like talking to your preacher is as far as it goes. Um, you know, that's for crazy people, uh, you know, quote unquote. And, um, so I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure that there are people who's, who, have have been told that they're healed and are like, I still feel like shit, you know, right. and then do something terrible. It's not the same. What she's doing is way worse, is way worse. Right. And like, but then also think about it, like. But it's, it's very difficult because we've tended to, I mean, like, culturally, we've tended to be sort of hands off about anything that's perceived as faith related. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is like, so two things. To me, what she's doing is, all right, like, I remember recently, maybe it was like a year or two ago, there was a girl that was actually found guilty of causing her boyfriend's suicide because over text messages. Oh, I remember this. Right. So it's like, I don't know how this is different. You know, like, how is it not, how is this different from that? 
Because if people now can be tried for online bullying or mm-hmm. bullying via social media that causes someone's death, how is that not possible here? One. My guess is she's very careful about her language. It sounds like it probably is like, because in that case, it was literally like, right, like yeah. kill yourself. So yeah. she is, she's, she, as you say, she's, if she's savvy, she knows exactly what she's doing and is probably is treading like just on the side of what could be prosecuted. And then the other thing too is like, I know that there are religions that are, what's that religion that does not believe in, in doctors and medicine whatsoever? Christian science. That's it. Okay. So I know that there have been cases where, especially when the kids are involved, yeah. where a kid will not receive medical treatment that they needed and then they'll die because their family were Christian science. And then like the parents are found guilty yeah. of basically manslaughter because yeah. they, and, and also child abuse or it's not child abuse, but it's, um, what's it, what's the other one? Neglect. Yeah, neglect. Um, how yeah. is that not something that, like, why do we just stop giving a shit because someone's an adult? If somebody's depressed, they need medical help. They need to be treated. They need to speak I to agree, a doctor. But you have to. So here is the here is like the here is the answer. Here's the the real answer and why it's so complicated. My old day job. This was like the mental health agency was was part of what I oversaw. And so a lot of the things that are in place to that sort of, I mean, it is a real issue because you have kids that get treatment and the minute they turn 18, there's really no enforcement mechanism left. You know, their parents aren't entitled to get information on whether or not they're showing up for appointments or getting treatment anymore. But also like the reason all those protections are in place is because people with mental illness were, their freedom was taken from them for so long. And so the legal system really has this difficult sort of, there's a really difficult debate um, back and forth on all sides about like, what is the, you know, what level of it's, you know, can you, you can't force, right? Like people who are adults to receive medical treatment. You can't. And I understand that, you know, I totally get that, especially because how people who needed mental health services used to be treated. They were right. forcefully committed. And then also the institutions they were committed into yeah. were fucking hell on earth. Yeah. Like, there's no example of an institution that existed that was not awful because they were usually horribly underfunded. They were understaffed. And when they were staffed, a lot of the times a good portion of the people that were staffed were not qualified for that job. And the medicine was terrible. And, you know, and the right. medical knowledge was awful. Like, awful. it just it was terrible. Yeah. And I mean, right. and in some places, it still is. You know, I mean, there, yeah. we're still very much like still recovering and building like a mental health system. Yeah. You know, the ACA really is one of the I mean, that's one of the few kinds of treatments that um, before Medicaid expansion in the ACA, like the feds didn't really cover unless you were a yeah. pregnant woman or a kid. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's complicated, but we also know that we have this huge suicide problem, like this huge, huge epidemic. And this is, I think they said something like, uh, this was the first time, was it last year the numbers came out? It was the first time that suicide became like one of the top, mm-hmm. I think it's like number two cause of death for kit for teens. 
It's definitely, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a really, I mean, it's a, I mean, it, and obviously it ties into a lot of the other. And it's contagious. Yeah, by the way. it is. Oh, totally. It is contagious. Absolutely. Um, and you know. So that's the other thing that worries me is like, she's targeting people that are all suicidal. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I know, because I, I, I have, uh, I know somebody that is suicidal, that was suicidal and that was dealing with it. And I know that. If you do go into get treatment or or anything or they don't want the people in the group connecting with each other. They don't want you getting each other's information. They don't because they don't want that bond right. of like talking each other into yeah. doing that. So that's a whole other thing too. It's like you have, you know, all these people that not only were already so fragile and raw, and now you're basically convincing them of of things that never happened to them in their life to be true. And so you're victimizing them all over again. But then on top of that, they're becoming codependent on her. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's just such a clusterfuck. Well, and also like just the harmful bully. I mean, we've, we've seen and explored on the show, right? Like how damaging that re- repressed memory, yeah. satanic cult bullshit can be, how it can ruin people's lives. And you're sort of suggesting to people, I mean, for one thing, you're never going to get into a place where you can get better if someone is telling you one, something that's not actually going to be the root cro- cause of your illness and that mm-hmm. is not is if anything just going to add this extra dimension to it but also like convincing you um i mean it it does sort of delegitimize like your actual trauma and pain that right. has led to you being in sort of this space right you know i mean it, it in a way it is like oh well you you here's a way that you can keep going down this road instead of healing of like trauma and also her therapist, so Dr. Barbara Swan, she was, she lost her license to practice in Utah because in 2008, she was caught treating family members. And a therapist is not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to, your, your family members yeah. are not supposed to be your, your patients. And she convinced a couple of her family members that they were also sexually abused and in a satanic cult. And they were like, this is bullshit. This never happened. Wow. So, yeah. So she lost her license and then ended up like, I think, moving or something and still practicing anyway. Wow. So this woman's wildly unethical. She still believes that these satanic cults exist, even though there's no proof whatsoever that they exist. None. None whatsoever. It's basically her paranoia. Oh, Lord. And she, as a therapist and a doctor, is now victimizing her clients. Would you like to know what comes up? I assume this is her. I will confirm it's her after I read you this. But if you Google Barbara Snow, do you know what Uh the snippet that comes up to describe her website is? Oh, I can't wait. When, When people ask what I do, I tell them, I create ripples in the space-time continuum that alter dimensional realities. That's her. There's also, there's also a Bar- Barbara Snow that's an ornithologist, by the way. I bet she's yeah. way better. And I bet she really doesn't like the Barbara Snow that is peddling. Um, I mean, Teal, so Teal Swan, when she was, I guess, like uh, a teenager when her parents didn't know what to do anymore. She's like a sh- they- she pronounced it. She practices shamanism. 
Oh, well, of course. Um, when Teal was a teenager, her parents, I guess, um, they sent her to China to go like work with these uh, spiritual, I'm not even sure what, and that when she arrived at the place that apparently the spiritual leader there was like, you have the same gifts that I have. So that like, this is what started her believing and her parents also always fit into this, that she was just different and special and that she's here to save the world and like all this stuff. And it's like, so you're taking somebody who probably never, never received the mental health treatment that they needed and now you're basically adding all this other shit telling that they're that they're that they're blessed and that they are the one and they're like a god or something like that i mean of course it's like the perfect storm and then she ends up linked up with this therapist it's like i almost feel bad for her because i feel like she's been i can't her brain's been scrambled i will say i can't tell if this is the right barbara snow or not now she might be this might be a different one because there are a couple. It's hard to say. It could be. It could not be. But she creates dimensional realities. So, well, I mean, this is her. That's her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's her. That's, that's her. her. Yeah. Oh no, that's her. She's the shaman. Yeah. Those are the same books on that website. She just had a more professional-looking headshot than what she's got on her on her website. <laughs> And it fooled me for a second. She just puts the feathers in, like, just for the shamanism photos. Amazing. <laughs> Confused by headshots, the Gwendabon story. <laughs> Although the ornithologist and geologist does sound interesting. I mean, yeah, I think she sounds interesting. <laughs> oh, God. It's just so fucked up because it's like if social media sites are starting to hold other groups accountable for mm-hmm. intentionally pushing false information then how is this any different well and youtube you know has sort of been a bit of a and definitely with the spotty record uh sort of a self-regulating community in that you know there have right. been people held accountable sort of by their audiences when things have come out but you know, in this case, it's—I mean—it's hard to see how her audience would turn on her, except in just isolated cases, because they're not going to be out there listening to her critics, right? They're—they're yeah. they're totally in her pocket. And I mean, that's one of the things that's so dangerous, right? About all of the social media stuff is—is is when people are living it's in being bubbles. People when people right. are living in a bubble, and and you know the thing is like Teal Swan's probably not encouraging people to read widely and you know form their own opinions about right. reality. <laughs> I mean, it's it's scary. It's scary because who knows how many young people that don't have money watch her videos i mean when i was a teenager that's totally the kind of bullshit that i would have happened on and been interested in like i got i have nieces like i can tell you like they're teenagers and youtube is huge for them sure demographic they watch more youtube than they do television or anything else you know they get far more they're reaching millions and millions oh yeah it's concerning it's like you know at what point I mean, now that YouTube actually has, like, launched their own television network, like, mm-hmm. a direct TV, like, at what point does YouTube have to start being held accountable for allowing videos like this to just go unchecked? Well, and not even that, but just, you know, I mean, YouTube is one of the reasons that creators love that platform is because 
they are really good at helping people monetize their audiences. So, you know, if she's got paying for that great search word analysis, like, you know, she's also making a ton of money anytime somebody watches one of her videos. It's it's scary. And it like freaks me out. It freaks me out. Like, so when I've listened to the podcast, I had like fucked up dreams. Like not like it was just very like it just sat with me in a way that just made me really uncomfortable between that and the mash song. Like it just made Mm -hmm. me really uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. it's like it's commodifying, you know, yeah, it's commodifying darkness in a way. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, listen, I've I've dealt with depression in my life. Sure. I've never not clinically depressed. Like I, I think at some point everyone at least has probably one period in their life where they probably slide into like a depression. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, but I've never been suicidal. And for me to feel the way that knowing and hearing some of like the stuff that she says and does Mm -hmm. for it to affect me the way that it did. And I'm not suicidal and I'm not depressed. I can't, that's what scared me even more. It's like, how, what is it doing to people that feel something on a level that I don't understand that are far more emotionally raw than I am. Right. You know, that's, it's frightening. And, you know, and then to hear that she's on a stage with like Gabby Bernstein, who's someone like, I have friends that have gone, paid hundred something dollars to go see Gabby Bernstein, who I think is bullshit, but. (laughs) But not, but not in the same category of harmfulness. Yeah. Right. But it's like, but it doesn't matter because they are basically exposing her to their right you know, they're legitimizing you're legitimizing exactly it's right. just like why i still mad at the dalai lama for hanging out with the our nexium founder yeah. guy you know like you have to use your platform responsibly and i think you have to be responsible with the people that you invite into your space and allow to speak to people like you know if people are trusting you you can't just put someone before them like a teal swan yeah but, you know, the truth of the matter is, I mean, there's this uh, the central belief to Buddhism is that everyone, like the human's default setting is pain, which is true. Like we all are in pain. That's basically life, you know, to quote a princess bride, life <laughs> is pain. And anyone who's telling you differently is trying to sell you something. And it's true. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. We are all, you know, humans are walking around in pain. And so much of what we do is trying to self-soothe instead of just kind of realizing like, hey, like we're all in pain. You know, we're all suffering and that's okay. And that's okay. And it's okay to know that. And then also still find joy right and realize that not everything is about being happy all the time you know and so many people i think if they just i think if people were able to connect with each other and relate to each other more honestly i think it'd be so much harder for these like instagram or youtube gurus Mm -hmm. to and just cult leaders in general well, it's really funny because her to thrive. It's, it's funny you should say that because um, I mean, I think she has to know that because I was looking and her new book that comes out this fall is about loneliness and encouraging people to restore like the connections in their lives. And I mean, you know, that's that sad thing of like, you know, 
know someone who knows what people are looking for and uses it to manipulate them to profit. You know, I mean, that's what we've seen again and again and again. Yeah. What is it? The attachment is the root of suffering. That's the Teal Tribe. I've, you know, if anyone, of course, that's listening has any experience with this, like emails, I'm not judging people that go that find her and follow her. I don't judge them at no. all. I'm concerned for them. Yeah, same. Um, And, you know, to be honest, this is something they talk about in the Gateway podcast, too, is that most therapists, I think it's something like one in five, maybe even more than that, are not properly qualified to deal with suicide. I'm not and that's, surprised that's to hear a that. problem too. So it's like, yeah. I get it. I understand because like, I understand what would lead someone that feels like they, there's, they don't have anyone to turn to. Right. And no one truly understands them. I understand what would cause them to find, go looking and mm-hmm. to find her and then feel like, you know, they found their tribe literally yeah. and figuratively. So I'm not faulting that at all. It's just no. I'm concerned about that. And I'm concerned about that feeling is not unique to any other person that ends up in a cult. Because I think that they all feel like that. They all feel yeah. like they don't have anyone that understands what they're feeling. Right. And they are dealing with something. And, you know, they find a group that tells them that's okay. This is okay. And, accept- and, then- and acceptance, right? People right. are, we're all still, we all want to be accepted. And then they get negged and gaslit. And and it's presented as love and caring, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, don't I mean, hang if, out if anyone- with, I mean, I mean, and also it's really difficult because I think with some of these, you know, we can say like, don't hang around with people who make you feel shitty, but if you already feel shitty, then it's that it's like much harder to recognize yeah. it. Right. Guru is a four letter word. Never, never trust anyone calling themselves a guru yep. of any kind, especially in their Twitter bio. <laughs> Or the Again, catalyst, the, which is like another. I mean, oh my god, I can't believe the I'm getting like real is, uh, into like the Buddha shit today. But like, <laughs> that's another saying in Buddhism is that if you meet the Buddha in the road, kill him. You know, like <laughs> no, because the whole know, Bo- thing is that there that. is no Buddha. Right. There's no such. There's no God. You know, there's no right. Buddha. There's no guru. Like there isn't. There all that stuff is just man-made shit that we create an event. To give some something or someone a status above other people, you know? Yeah. But it's like, no. no. Everybody's got their moments where they might accidentally say some brilliant shit, and then people have their moments where they are fucking up. So here's the <laughs> other question, the last question I have about Teal Swan, perhaps. Oh, please. For today. Me. Yeah. Which is, was that her given name? Teal is because her parents were hippies. Uh, okay. Swan, I think she took on herself. How does she? But yeah, her how parents. How does she not have a Wikipedia page? Maybe she, she probably kept, did, and she probably had it taken probably down, had deleted it. Right. Yeah. The thing is, like, she's got international followers. Like when I say her reach is far and wide, it is. Wow, she must hate that her search results are all this, all this, uh, all this exposés now. And also, the reason she lives in Costa Rica. 
Because apparently, like, she got in trouble in Utah, I think. Well, that's hard. I mean, you have to really... Something (laughs) happened in Utah where they actually did issue a cease and desist with her because her um, certifications for her uh, completion process said that it was like so it had something with the seal of utah on it oh and they're like you faked this you, yeah and you can't do that when you're not actually licensed no you or can't, accredited you, can't by just put, the, you can't just put the right. seal on stuff randomly yeah no. so like she got a cease and assist for that and i think almost um but almost getting in trouble for like for calling something a therapy that wasn't a licensed or official therapy. She must have deleted or had her Wikipedia page. In, had to. In America, I'm pretty sure it was there. Down. I, I promise you I saw Wikipedia a couple weeks ago I when mean, I first anybody, found the podcast. Anybody who's had this much news on them has had has somebody... A, yeah, has a Wikipedia. But I um, think it's fascinating that it only exists in Spanish now. So yeah, so she has... um, Yeah, she has people that... Like, this is what they do. Like, there's someone that, like does marketing for her and somebody does social media for her. She had a PR person, you know, and these were all her followers that end up, this is their specialties. Oh, this, no, it's a Swiss. I'm sorry. The one that remains is, is a Swiss. It's a Swiss page <sighs> because there is a, I can't read uh, the, I can't read the, it. But, there should be a translate. But, but, I, but the reason I can she's read, in Costa- but I can read Teal Swan, Switzerland, love of Teal Swan Society, Switzerland. It's like a wow. list of their Facebook pages. Um, yeah. So she's in Costa Rica and Costa Rica's laws are a lot more laxed when it comes to stuff like this. Mandy, we're not judging you. My Mandy, my instructor who keeps uh, texting me. I want to go to Costa Rica. She keeps sending me toxic uh, topics she wants us to cover. She's yeah. in Costa Rica leading a yoga retreat right now. Yeah, I mean that's different. <laughs> I but know, that's the thing. I know. There's She's, a lot of you know. Mandy is not a cult. Mandy is my cult leader. Like <laughs> she said, she would use her soft uh, for any cult that she starts. She'll use her soft yoga voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's somehow not encouraging. No, no, no. As a, as a I know, joke. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I know. still, I mean, it's very, it's a good voice. Do you want to hear something crazy? Voice. So this is also like you know, I'm always saying how uh, sometimes the cults that fascinate me the most are the ones that seem to line up with shit that seems a little too close to home in my life. Yeah. So I took buddhism classes years ago and i read this book and like i wouldn't call i guess i wouldn't call myself a buddhist i don't call myself in anything because you know like ferris bueller i don't Mm. believe in ism (laughs) 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 a man which is actually apparently like a your spiritual leader is your spiritual leader leader is ferris bueller that's my fucking spiritual leader so i don't believe in isms so um but I do of anything that, you know, I'm curious. So I've read about different things in my lifetime, but Buddhism's like the one thing that like, you know, I've taken pieces of it more and, and kind of a, applied it to stuff in my life. And I found it the most helpful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one of the main reasons being that it's, it's non-theistic. They don't believe in, in a God. And that's a big thing for me because I don't believe in that. Um, but so I, I read this book called Dharma Punks. Oh, and then, I've read um, that book. I've read that by book. By Noah Levine. Yeah. And then I read Against the Stream, which is kind of like a, you know, 
beginner's guide to Buddhism for really anyone that wants to practice that school of Buddhism. And then I took a couple of classes because um, there is a Dharma punks uh, meditation group in New York. And the guy that leads it, he's amazing. He's so good. Um, one of the reasons I really like going to him is because he also um, has a degree in like some science or whatever, but like he he merges science with it. So he's not just like being all like mystical out there, but like he'll talk about like, like here's stuff, like here's how the brain works and like here's why this thing happens and like kind of approaches it in a much more scientific mm-hmm. way. Um, which I really appreciate. I think there are, I think that Buddhism in general has been a little bit better. Well, Dalai Lama is a huge yeah. fan of science. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they've been more flexible. But about taking here's the those thing. things in. I, so I just saw this because somebody tweeted it to me like last week that Noah Levine is, has multiple accusations of sexual assault and harassment against him from women that are part of that group oh mm. and that go to uh i forget the name of the oh, man recreation center i know and like i started reading into it a little bit and there was just an article i think it was in jezebel or or something like a couple weeks ago about it that actually quotes the guy that i went to a couple classes to yeah it's fucked up because a lot of people that end up going to uh the the other group that they started, it's an offshoot. So he started, you know, against the stream, but they also have like a recovery thing Mm. because a lot of people that end up finding, you know, Buddhism this way and practice with Dharma because of Dharma punks and against the stream, they're in recovery. A lot of them are former drug addicts. People who like AA didn't work for. Right. Right. And that's what he started like an AA like program. Mm -hmm. So, and, and there's also a lot of people like, and a lot of people know this, a lot of people that turn and end up with an addiction. A lot of the times it's because they experienced trauma. But anyway, the teacher that I went to in New York, his name is Josh Corda. He's amazing. I highly recommend if anybody ever wants to check out a, a class, he teaches a couple a week. He teaches like two in um, on Bowery, I think, and like one in one or two in Williamsburg or in Greenpoint. And they're donations. So if you go and you want to leave a donation at the end of class, you can. It could be two dollars. It could be nothing, which that's how meditation classes should be. Not like... Yeah. $2,500 to come to my commune. Come to my commune. I think it's more than that. I think she charges like five to $10,000. Of course she does. Yeah, I know. She makes like $100,000 off of one retreat in Costa Rica. She has to live with herself. (laughs) I know. So as as always, if you guys have any uh, anecdotes or experience with teal swan or the teal tribe or you have an opinion on it you can always hit us up at cultfavespodcast at gmail.com you can find us online at cultfavespodcast.com and on social at cultfaves on twitter instagram facebook and then there's our patreon (laughs) (laughs) which we will start putting stuff on (laughs) we have to (laughs) we are just uh, in our both of our defenses, it's been a very crazy. It two has months. like <laughs> literally all. I mean, it's like all book. And I'm now that still you're not coming done. down from that, I'm gearing up for New York Comic Con. Yep, yep. And it was like right before you got into super crazy book time. I was dealing with San Diego yep. Comic Con. Yep. We're like taking turns being like fucking crazy pants. Yep, it's true. I know. 
I right. dream. I dream of my only dream is being done with this book, which is hopefully tomorrow. <laughs> hopefully, well, I hope so too. And with that, we will talk to you guys next week.